You're listening to the Apple Insider Podcast. Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. I'm Mikey Campbell, and today we have a bit of a special episode in light of recent events. Namely, Apple has been ordered by a federal judge to assist the FBI in its investigation into last year's San Bernardino terrorist attack. The law enforcement agency's request basically calls on Apple to create proof-of-concept software that sidesteps its own iOS encryption protocols. They want Apple to architect a tool that undermines iPhone. To discuss the issue, we've invited the inimitable Dan Dilger. <laughs> I've been imitated before. Hi, I'm, I'm Dan from uh, Portland, Oregon right now. It's raining, of course. Oh, of course. It's, it's Oregon. So, uh, so Dan, uh, this made uh, big news uh, pretty much everywhere. It, it busted beyond the tech scene uh, yesterday and uh, the day before. Um, it even caused or prompted Tim Cook to write an open letter, which he posted to Apple's website. So what is going on? Give me a bit of background on uh, this whole FBI situation. Well, this sounds like kind of a routine uh, situation where the police have a warrant for information. They found this phone at the behind of a crime scene, and it was a, a very well-known crime scene. It was this terrorist who, you know, went out, went, showed up at work and killed a whole bunch of people. And obviously a terrible situation. Um, now, I can't remember how many weeks it's been, but they have this phone that they're not able to get into. And they've been working with Apple, and uh, Tim Cook noted in his letter that he's been working with you know, the companies are working with the police to um, offer advice on what they can do. But what's changed is encryption has gotten better over the last couple of years. So while iPhones have had encryption uh, in some form since I think all the way back to the iPhone 3G or 3GS, which, you know, was 2009, many years ago, um, en- encryption can be handled in different ways. And up until the last couple of years, uh, you could have encryption on on your phone, and you'd still have some data that wasn't encrypted. And so there's cases you can look you can look in case logs, and Apple has uh, had various courts uh, ask you know supply a, a warrant to get information off of a phone that they found or, or obtained at a crime scene, whatever. And Apple has been able to recover some data from those phones because it wasn't encrypted. In this case, though, the phone is encrypted, and it's using the latest version of iOS nine which is actually encrypted. And there are security features that prevent you from just supplying a whole bunch of passwords just trying to figure out what the password is because every time you enter so many passwords, it enters a delay. And if you, apparently this is configured so after 10 password attempts, it deletes the data. Right, so basically, uh, just a, a quick recap. Uh, Apple uh, with iOS uh, 8.4, uh, I believe, they started a new policy in which they no longer stored security keys on their end, right? So it, it transferred it all onto the device itself. And moving on to hardware with a 5S and Touch ID and the secure enclave and all that stuff, uh, it allowed for a full disk encryption that is almost impossible to hack into or makes it extremely hard to do so. What the FBI is dealing with now, however, is a 5C without Touch ID running the latest iOS 9. So it doesn't have that hardware encryption feature, right? It's not, the security key is not stored in the secure enclave that can't be 
um, tampered with, but it, so they're asking Apple to create a special version of iOS and put it on the 5C and work around the passcode counter, right? So like you were saying, it's uh, 10 tries and it wipes the security key, making the data useless, right? right. So, so Apple is, or the FBI is trying to get Apple to work around that and completely bypass the passcode counter or with software so they can conduct a brute force attack on that passcode, which itself could take years, right? Because uh, iOS has, uh, I think it was an 80 millisecond um, delay mandatory between each passcode entry. If they entry. destroyed the security, people were saying that it would take half an hour to break the security. Mm, okay. if, you, if you could set up. And, and this is all very um, hypothetical because right. this doesn't exist right now. Right. There's no way for a computer to hook up and wirelessly or you know plug into a phone and just send it a bunch of passwords because iOS is not designed to be that dumb. Right. And that's an important, important point, right? Uh, it's, it's not uh, the, the government and uh, law enforcement agencies are saying, well, this is just a one device scenario. It's, it's, a, it's a special case. It's unique. But uh, security experts and cryptologists and Apple itself, they're saying once you create this, this workaround, this, uh, yeah, this special this software, software, yeah, it, it basically is not a one device issue. It becomes an all device issue. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there's a couple layers here. But first of all, just going to the point of, of whether it's a one-shot thing or not. No, it isn't a one-shot thing. They're saying, first of all, it's bizarre that the government is saying that Apple has to develop the software for them. The government, the NSA, um, FBI, have already created tools at various points to break security on various kinds of devices or services. Those work until the hole that they're exploiting is fixed. It's very much like jailbreaking. It's this kind of cat and mouse game between um, security, you know, white hat and black hat security where there's good guys and there's bad guys that are trying to break your security. You know, we think of the police as being generally good in what they're doing in trying to um, be able to break the security that uh, criminals are exploiting to do bad things. Um, it's Apple's goal to make products as good as it can and as secure as they can be. And so Apple continually refines its products to make them actually secure so that they're not uh, exploitable by criminals or by um, industrial spies or by governments or uh, can be used in other governments outside the United States to uh, grab a hold of dissidents or wh whoever they don't like and you know use that against them. So um, they're talking about this being a one-time deal. What they're really asking for is for Apple to build a tool for them and what they're describing is that, yes, you can build a tool and uh, lock it to a specific phone so that it will plausibly work on that phone. But once it's developed, that's a proof of concept that this will work and that this is something that can be done. And it really opens up the playing field, not only for others to copy it or possibly obtain that, but also to request the same thing. If the FBI can request it once, then they can request it every time they want to. And if the FBI can request it whenever they want to, then so can all these totalitarian uh, governments around the world, whether it's Saudi Arabia, uh, China, anybody else, Russia. And that's not only bad for you know, people that are oppressed minorities in those countries, like um, human rights workers, civil rights advocates, but it's also bad for the United States to be 
actively working to destroy the security of American products. Because if the iPhone is destroyed as a security product by the FBI, there's going to be a whole bunch of Chinese products to take its place. This is absolutely stupid what the, what the FBI is asking for. It is the most short-term, just non-thinking, idiot request to say, hey, we want to fix this problem right now without thinking about any of the, <laughs> the things that are going to follow. So basically it's absolutely what... stupid. So uh, what you're uh, positing is that what the FBI is, their purview obviously is the U.S., right? And by forcing Apple to uh, basically break its own product, uh, it's going to allow these other companies to come in. It'll give them safe harbor to develop their own um, encryption method that we can't touch, right? No, that's already been placed. There's, there's hundreds of companies. We wrote an article on this. There's hundreds of companies around the world in fact, most of them are outside of the United States, that already offer encryption products. So if ISIS or anybody, any other terrible criminal or you know, child molester or anything else wants to use encryption, they don't have to use an iPhone. Mm-hmm. They can download software on their iPhone. They can download it to an Android phone. They can use any, any sort of computer system. You can apparently use a PlayStation 3 or 4 or whatever. It's, it's completely stupid. What is a matter of record is that the FBI is against encryption because it sees it as an impediment to its goals, and it is. The same way that locked doors are an impediment to the police. If police can just bust open any door they want to, that will make their job easier, obviously. But that doesn't mean everybody should have unlocked doors so that the police don't, you know, have to spend any time kicking down your door when they're making, you know, stopping a a crime in progress. Um, Back when I was in high school, and I'm dating myself here, but in the late 90s, Um, there was a controversy about encryption because the United States had banned strong encryption from being exported outside the United States. They called it a munition because it was so powerful because anybody that had the power to do encrypt data could do things that our spies couldn't see what they were doing. Um, But by the time, by around 1999, it became very clear that we were only hurting our own industry. We were only hurting Netscape and everybody else that was trying to... um, sell products that had real security on them, security for things like commerce on the web, by saying that, no, you know, we can't export uh, web browsers with security that works because this is going to... All these companies already had security outside the United States. So, again, the FBI has been doing this thing for years and years and years. It's now 16 years of them saying how encryption is bad and, and it, you know, it's, it's for terrorists and child molesters. That's a really naively stupid thing to be saying because encryption is the core of everything we do in this country for business, banking, consumer security between uh, the, the person who's buying stuff and the, the company they're buying over the Internet. These are all core uses of encryption. Encryption is not just for bad guys to talk to each other. And in fact, in most of the cases that we're talking about, uh, particularly you know, ISIS terrorists, they haven't even been encrypting their data. Here's a phone that automatically encrypts stuff, but we have no indication that there's really anything on this phone. They're just curious. Because they already have iCloud backups that they did recover from this phone, and it shows all the calls that they made and all the, you know, connections that they've done. They have this data already. What they're doing is they're taking this situation where there's a very unsympathetic character. Here's this terrible person who killed a bunch of people, and now he's shot dead, 
and he doesn't really have any rights and nobody cares about him. We're not trying to like make sure that his security is enshrined. We're saying the FBI is trying to use this very emotional subject to convince everyone else that we shouldn't have encryption, that the FBI can't break. Now, the FBI should be able to break data, but they should be able to break it on their own. That's their job. Spies and police, they have a job to like figure out how to get around uh, what criminals are doing, but they can't conscript the private industry to do that for them. And when the, what they're asking for Apple to do is create a version of iOS that doesn't have any security on it. Mm. And that's, that's, that's such a dangerous precedent because now everybody else can ask for the same thing. So I guess to draw an analogy, a, a very basic one, what the FBI is asking for is a skeleton key for your iPhone. Like, uh, let's say everyone has a Schlage lock, right, at their house. Um, what the FBI is asking for is a, is a key that can open everyone's door, but they'll be the ones to... Uh, adjudicate whether or not to use that skeleton key. Is is that kind of uh, what's going on? Well, there's a very close example that already is in existence. When you lock your bags that go through TSA, if they're just going to cut them off your luggage if they want to look through your bags. So they say you can have a TSA lock. So you can buy these locks anywhere, and the TSA has the keys that they can open them up, and they won't rip your luggage open. They'll just open it up carefully, search your luggage, close it back up. But the thing is, you can go online and buy these TSA keys. <laughs> they offer no security whatsoever. Right. And it's also something that you're not really securing. If you put stuff in a bag and give it to somebody else, there's not a whole lot of security that's ever going to be involved there. You're not going to be putting highly secure things in there. You're not going to be right. putting records you don't want anyone to see or confidential bank statements or whatever because, you know, the people in the TSA are known for stealing stuff. So I, I was kind of talking about this last night um, with, uh, with my friends. Um, encryption's been around for decades, right? And it's been getting better and better continuously. Uh, every iteration offers a bit more security. Uh, and uh, that has allowed consumers to entrust d devices with more and more data. So... By threatening that, are we going to go back to the days of carrying around a uh, little black book and um, maybe a, a day planner? Do you foresee that happening if the FBI does get its way and unlocks this iPhone, uh, kind of unlocking or opening Pandora's box, if you will? What, what do you foresee happening? If I, I don't think it's that big of a situation. I mean, the, the thing is, we rely on encryption for a lot of things. And... The police would obviously like to be able to just see everything. That would make their job much easier, obviously. And when there's a horrible crime like this, it would be great if they could just come in and just be have this take omniscient view of everything. You know, at some point, they're going to be able to read minds. And it would be great if they could just, like, put a cap on you and pull all the data that you might have about a crime scene because it would be more reliable than asking you questions because memory doesn't work really well. Um, the thing is, what's happening right now the issue with iPhones is that if Apple is compelled to develop software for the government so the government can do its job without having to do its job, uh, it sets a dangerous precedent for what the government can ask for, first of all. So can the government say, okay, Facebook, we'd like you to develop this software that scans for anyone who's ever smoked marijuana or has ever bought foie gras because we've made that illegal now and we're going to 
we're going to police, but instead of doing it on our own, we're going to like have other companies do our work for us. We're just going to get a court order for you to develop a bunch of software that does what we want it to do. That's kind of outrageous, first of all. Second of all, um, when, you, when you have encryption that, like we've been talking about, is available everywhere, and you say, hey, we're going to force Apple to break its encryption to create a proof of concept that its encryption can be broken easily or within a matter of you know, months just by doing these things, that not only sets a precedent of how other people can attack Apple software and uh, create the impression that it's not really very safe, because here they're forcing the experts to destroy their own product. That not only hurts American companies and makes it more likely that people will find more security in, in products from other companies, but also means that there just won't be that much security. Because if we look at, you know, Apple is the only company that's really producing any number of phones that matters. Everyone else is um, in China. I mean, there's also Samsung, but um, Samsung doesn't have a strong record in security. And China, devices shipping out of China from Chinese companies are known to have uh, spyware installed that either maliciously collects data incompetently allows third parties to hack it really easily because they didn't really think about security when they built it. And I'm talking about Lenovo. I'm talking about huge companies that are selling the majority of PCs and smartphones already. Or have had software put on by the Chinese government to spy on Americans and American interests. So what the FBI is trying to accomplish with this uh, thing is really just trying to make their own jobs easier in a very lazy sort of way, like, hey, Apple, we, we just want you to do all this work for us. But what they're actually going to accomplish if they're successful is hurt, hurting American companies and really hurting everybody in the world, whether you're in Europe or, or Japan or wherever, you're going to be hurt by the fact that encryption is now under complete, um, the American government can just like look at what you're doing. And in addition, every other government will also be able to demand the same thing because they know it exists and that Apple has given it to someone else. There's already been a discussion about this where China and other countries are trying to increasingly say we want to monitor everyone, everything everyone's doing. So we have this firewall that's like looking at every packet that comes through this country. And we also want to have spyware on every phone. And there's been pushback from Apple about that, saying, no, don't do this. And there's been pushback from the Obama administration saying, hey, China, don't do this. And now the, the same uh, government in our country is saying, hey, now we want you to do what's happening in China. We want to be able to just spy on people real quick because, oh, terrorists are involved. Well, that's a really stupid thing to start doing because now we have no grounds to say, oh, China, you can't spy on everybody. You can't have the keys to the back door, even though we forced Apple to make them for us and they exist. And it's possible uh, up to this point, Apple can say, we don't have the keys. This is encrypted data. The user encrypted on their device. We can't unlock it. Hmm. And that's first the of truth all, right now. For, first of all, foie gras should be illegal. Uh, it is pretty mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's damn tasty. Secondly, um, do you think that uh, this request in itself is kind of hurting and or, or weakening encryption uh, by Apple not saying outright that it's impossible for them to, to do this. Do you think that this request in itself is actually weakening the encryption that Apple builds into its phones? Um, I think whenever you have a system, there's always things you can do to make it less secure. 
and we see that unintentionally happening a lot of times. And there's there's bugs in everything. There are bugs in iOS. That's why every version of iOS, you know, there's attempts to jailbreak it. Because there's and you know every time Apple comes out with a new version of iOS, they release here's our security things that we fixed. All these security researchers that have found flaws or and some of them are very complex and they're not possible to predict, but once the software has been created, we can find a flaw and then we can fix it. And as it progressively gets fixed more and more and more, and new mechanisms are created to secure things that weren't realized as even being needed to secure before, um, it's becoming a very sophisticated product, one that's very difficult to attack. And basically what the government is saying is we want you to develop software for us that's signed by your company so it, will be, it can be installed on the phone these are things that hackers can't do on their own. So they're saying, we want you to create the software that disables a number of mechanisms, then sign it as Apple so it will work on the firmware of the phone so that we can try to brute force it. Now, even if Apple were successful in building this, it doesn't mean that they could actually necessarily uh, unlock the phone. We don't know that. But it would make it much easier, and it would, it, it's actually very hard right now because they get like four attempts or five, you know, ten attempts before the key destroys itself, and then it just can't be unlocked anymore. So, what do you think Apple could do if they are ordered to facilitate this backdoor? Um, what what could they do to prevent that hack from affecting? All iOS devices. Is there anything that they can do? Could they build in uh, uh, more powerful, secure enclave features that, uh, for newer devices, would be harder to harder to disable or impossible to disable with uh, software? Well, they've already done that with security signing. So unless you are signed with, unless you're signed, unless you have code that's signed and the code is actually encrypted, that's what a signature is. Unless you have iOS that's encrypted by Apple with a signature, it won't work on a phone. And so that stymies a lot of efforts by criminals and foreign governments and our own police to create phony versions of iOS that can read encrypted data without any of the security uh, without any of the security barriers that make it harder to brute force an attack. If you have a hard drive and it just has a bunch of encrypted data on it, you can set it up and you know hammer away at it until you get something that looks like it's a valid key and eventually unlock it. With encryption getting stronger and stronger and more sophisticated, we're now making it so even if you can do that, the time required to do some of these huge keys takes a very long time. On the iPhone, uh, with only four-digit PIN, it's somewhat limited. So Apple is creating uh, security that is a, a trade-off between convenience and ironclad security. If you have to remember a really long pin, it becomes difficult. That's why they started uh, using fingerprint, because a fingerprint is basically a long key. So if, um, if you have, you know, if you get a modern iPhone and, and you set up Touch ID, you now have to put in six digits, which is, you know, two, no two more 26 times or whatever powers um, more difficult to to hack. So Apple's doing a lot of incremental things to make it harder and harder and harder. If the police say, okay, we, we just want you to uh, develop this fake iOS, we want you to sign it so that we can install it on this phone, this only just, just one phone, then if it works, 
they're going to keep asking for it again and over and over and over again. They're going to keep demanding it. We know you have this. You need to give it to us. And when there's a court order, if the court orders you to do something, you have to do it. If the court orders something and says, hey, if this is too difficult for you to do, if this is an unreasonable request, that's what the court said. The court said, here's, this, here's what they want you to do. And if this is an unreasonable request that is just too difficult for you to do, you have five days to contest it. That's what Apple contested. And it's being reported that Apple is refusing to work with the police. That's just a lie. That's not true. Apple has been working with the police. And um, the police have even noted, like, these iCloud backups that he put up that were able to be decrypted. Um, but there's a period of time, there's, you know, something a month before the attack that there was no backups done. So there's possibly some data on this phone, but they don't even know that there is any data on this phone. Right. And what I think is, is a problem, people have been talking about, oh, this is a bad deal for Apple because, and the first time when I first read this headline, the first thing that flashed through my mind is, wow, this is a pretty incredible stance to be taking because the Bernardino shooters are probably the least sympathetic characters in the history of, you know, several years of terrorism. I mean, this isn't like a, a random guy that was caught with marijuana or something that nobody cares about. This is somebody who killed a whole bunch of people. And it's particularly notorious because it's somewhat linked to uh, horrible terrorists in the Middle East that are doing really horrible things. Right. They avowed, but, uh, they avowed uh, allegiance with ISIS, right? Yeah. Um, but this was, really a hate, this was really just a hateful crime. This is not an ISIS attack on American soil. This is this guy and his wife that murdered a bunch of people that he had, he had been fighting with a couple of them, apparently. He shows up to work and just murders a bunch of people and then apparently had plans going on to do a bunch of other damage. Um, and he's now dead. So he's not planning any more attacks. And there's no evidence, really, that he was coordinated with anyone else. And the police are saying this is like a lone gunman who, like, maybe his... Uh, mail order bride had pledged allegiance to ISIS or whatever, but you know, it's not like ISIS is directing this. It's not like it's this coordinated attack involving other cells around the area. This is probably a poor example for the FBI to be jumping on, because there's very little data here. There's no indication. It's not like there's some ticking time bomb that's in a school. You know, it's going to blow up a bunch of kids if we don't, you know, get on the ball and write the software. This is the police are kind of curious about what might be on this phone in the month or so between the backup. And this is not even the guy's phone. This is his employer's phone that the, the employer gave him. His actual phone and, and his partner's phone were both destroyed, like physically destroyed by the two criminals, the assailants. They destroyed their own phones, the personal phones that they would be using if they were trying to actually coordinate something. So I think by taking this example, by, by trying to capitalize on this, it really shows that the police are um, trying to pull in a whole lot of emotions in here. And you see when you see responses from other people writing about this and people commenting, there's this you know, third of people who are terrified and saying, oh, you know, Apple should help the police. Well, that's not really what's at issue here. But that's what the police are capitalizing on is, you know, oh, terrorism. You know, everyone lay down your rights because there's terrorism involved. And the, the real problem is that um, this, this is a precedent-setting thing that has broad implications for the future. So if they get away with this, it's just going to be like a common thing to say, okay, we need that tool again because, you know, here's somebody who we think might be smuggling drugs. Here's somebody who, you know, we want to get into this person's server to see if they're doing something. So Maybe is it... Is encryption it becomes something you can't check. 
or you can't trust. Is it a possibility? Is it a possibility that Apple will return and say that we just can't do this? I think Apple's case right now is saying that it's um, it's wrong that they're being asked to, and that it's a burden. We'll have to see how it develops, but um, there may be other technical difficulties involved in in actually producing this. I mean, like, as Tim Cook said, this isn't something that exists. It's not something we have as a tool that we're refusing to give the government. It's like the government is telling us we have to develop something new, which is kind of unprecedented. That doesn't really happen. There's not some law that they just invoked that says, you know, hey, you have to help the government find this. It's not even that. It's you have to do a creative work on behalf of the government because we, we need we would like to know what's on this phone. You know, here we are curious what's on this phone. Hey, write a new operating system that proves that your system can be broken if you know what to look for. Hmm. And then we're going to make a huge case about it to, to make it, you know, known globally right. that American cell phones are bad. Well, disregarding... And that people should get their encryption from, you know, terrorist countries. Disregarding what data is actually on the phone, because uh, no one really does know whether right. it is actionable or not. The FBI is invoking the All Writs Act, I believe it is, but they're expanding their authority um, in a kind of unprecedented way, right? Uh, why would they do that now rather than, uh, say, a couple years ago when encryption... I mean, they've been dealing with smartphone encryption for some time, right? Are they being opportunistic? Well, I don't think the FBI is being bad here. I think they're they're trying to do a what's in their own interest. Um, and obviously they are trying to leverage this horrible event to, you know, force Apple to make a key. And they're, they're leveraging very publicly this whole, you know, FBI directors, former FBI directors are going online writing editorials saying, you know, constitution, you know, love your country, be patriotic and, you know, just do this. And um, so they're they're really leveraging as much of the terrorism aspect of they as, as they can. Even though in this example, there's no real, uh, there's no smoking gun trail that leads to a dead body somewhere or you know you know a captive body. It, it's not something that is actually going to make a difference. Well, I mean, we the don't guy's know dead. For the, the people sure. who have been killed are dead. Right. I mean, to so be fair to the FBI, they are doing. Uh, they're they're continuing with their directive, right? I mean, they have to exhaust all options, all paths, all uh, all leads. But I think the reason why they're doing it now is definitely because everyone knows about San Bernardino, and everyone has no compassion for the people who who caused this horrible situation, this attack. Um, they're not going to wait. I mean, I think they're trying to leverage that to get popular opinion. You know, oh, Apple's a bad person for not supporting the government. And um, because in the future, they may have a situation where there's some kind of crazy dangerous thing where there is actually, you know, ticking time bomb somewhere that they need to diffuse and the information is on this phone and we don't have the tools to do it. And we haven't developed tools to do this and we can't do it because Apple software is too good. And so we don't know what's on this phone and, you know, that's kind of a movie plot. But um, I think that's the kind of thing that they're looking for is if they can use, leverage this basically stale case now to leverage the terrorism fear, then they can gain powers to go back to the kind of um, broad surveillance that they were doing before encryption became as popular as it is uh, today, particularly with 
you know, half the population in the United States has an iPhone and it's automatically on. The encryption isn't something that you have to know about. It's just automatically on. So there's a lot of petty criminals that are being protected by encryption. But there's everything else in our world is also being protected by encryption, whether it's just your own photos or whether it's some serious business deal that you're doing. Um, and even as encryption gets more and more powerful, the people who are trying to spy on our personal data and also, you know, commercial spies, China has a lot of reasons to come in and steal stuff from Americans. Um, there's a whole number of threats that are getting more and more sophisticated. And unless Apple is able to make products that are increasingly sophisticated at the same time, that's going to become, we're going to lose. We're going to mm -hmm. lose our ability to have any security and any privacy. To the point of uh, popular opinion, how do you think this is affecting Apple? Do you think that, um, I know it's a polarizing subject, but do you think that it's good or bad PR or neutral PR that Apple is even being brought into this fight and being you know, targeted in, this, in the FBI request? Well, they say all, all, all publicity is good publicity, something like that. Um, I've been reading comments, and I've been kind of shocked that there's a lot of editorials that are saying, hey, everybody just lay down your rights and you know, take it. And um, it's the same thing with privacy in general. When there was this kind of conversation about, you know, do we care about privacy, or do we want to have a world where Facebook and Google know everything about you, and they just, you know, Amazon has a box in your house that just listens to everything you say, and a Samsung TV listens to everything you say, and all they have to do is put a little warning in the terms and conditions that says, hey, don't say anything important around this because we record everything you say, and we send it to third parties, and we sell your data, and anything you might say will happen to, like, make money on. This is what Samsung and what um, Facebook and Google and um, Amazon are all purposely doing. And yet, in the conversation, there's been a lot of columnists that are saying, oh, yeah, we don't really need privacy. We've already kind of given it up anyway. So what's a little bit more? Let's, I'm going to upload all my photos to you know, Google Photos because it's a great service that they're scanning through them and finding things that benefit me while they're also cataloging my data for their own good. And that's a conversation that's been going on for some time, so it's not exactly surprising that when it comes to this, those same kind of people are saying, oh, yeah, we don't need privacy. Well, you know, we've already given up for Facebook and Google and Amazon and everything else. Why should we even need privacy? Why should we even need encryption? Those people are dangerous. They're saying something that's really stupid, and they shouldn't be talking for everyone else. And when you look at the comments on those articles, the majority of them are saying, you are a fool. If you look at the comments from actual people on uh, articles on the web, if you look at uh, comments on Twitter, from a broad range of people. And if you look at, um, I've been following stock tweets, stock twits, whatever, it's like Twitter for um, companies, where people are talking about, uh, it's traders talking about information and what they think about it. Um, I think the majority, like a large majority of people are saying, we're glad that Apple's standing up for individuals and privacy and security and you have a minority that's like this kind of 30% that are afraid of everything saying, oh, I think Apple should you know, work with the police because they don't really know because they have the, the coverage on this has been so terrible that all these articles say Apple's refusing to work with the police, which is also, it's not true. Um, 
So I, I think even even poorly informed, because there's so many journalists that are covering the story badly and saying saying things that are not true, there's still tremendous support for what Apple's doing. And the fact that no other companies are really taking a, a similar stand, because it's not really in their business interest to. Most of the companies benefit from uh, siphoning people's data. So they haven't been working on this stuff. Sundar uh, uh, of Google, CEO, um, so he came out kind of uh, semi-in support of, uh, seemingly in support of Apple's decision and Tim Cook's he said letter. Cook, Cook's article was kind of interesting and important. You know, it's like a useful thing to read and, you know, this could have implications. But it was very weak. And it wasn't, it wasn't the policy of Google. They, Google didn't put up a thing on their website saying, here's our position on encryption. It was just like some guy saying, hey, yeah, you know, I, I kind of think that, you know, this could be an issue and we should have a conversation about it. I mean, that's a complete non-useful thing to even say. We should have a conversation. We, we are having a conversation about it. You're just not involved in it. It was, it was very, very weak, I thought. This is non-committal kind of uh, playing to the masses, I guess, who are kind of pro-encryption, right? But other pundits are uh, chiming in as well. Uh, anyone who said anything that was particularly interesting. Well, the, it, it breaks down... Um, if you look at people that are supporting people that aren't supporting, it kind of breaks down really clearly on how much people know. So people who don't know anything, people who are just like clean slate kind of people that just talk when they don't even learn anything about what's happening, those are the people that are saying, oh, Apple should definitely unlock this phone because they don't even know what it involves. But it sounds good. So you have people like, you know, Trump. who's like, oh, yeah, we need to get this, you know, I don't know what this is happening. It's like you're Donald Trump. You're not, you don't think about anything. You just say. And so there's a lot of people who are both commenting and writing articles about that. But if you look at people who are security experts and that people who understand what's involved, there's not really controversy there. So whether it's uh, uh, white hat hackers who work in security or whether it's people who work in encryption and understand what's involved. I mean, some of these quotes, the last article I did... um, quoted cryptologist saying uh, kind of a memorable phrase of you know just because you're cool with having your door not locked doesn't mean that does that mean that everyone should have doors that don't lock properly that kind of reasoning um so it really breaks down in terms of do you know what you're talking about or do you not and that's that's the divide between people's opinion i don't see i have not seen so far anyone who really understands what's involved saying hey, this is, you know, this is a complicated issue, but also I think the police are justified in telling Apple that they need to write software for them. I haven't seen anyone say that. I've seen a lot of people say um, things along the line of, you know, this is maybe bad optics for Apple because it involves this notorious terrorist, and it looks like Apple's supporting terrorism, which is, you know, ridiculous. But um, there is an element of truth to the fact that it, it, what the obviously what the police are trying to do is create this you know offer you can't refuse kind of thing with apple saying we're going to make it look so bad if you don't comply with what we're saying but um the fact that most most people who are you know intelligent and informed can see through that because it's so obvious what they're doing and see here's the government that whenever it's been given the ability to look at things has gone way overboard and created a surveillance state that just 
reads and stores everything without regard to, you know, threat level or anything. They're just, it's the way the TSA works. You know, the TSA is not effective. It just is this huge government bureaucracy of incompetence. And it's so frustrating to deal with because you have to deal with it because, you know, they pushed it through all this patriotic stuff. You know, it's like, oh, great. You know, this is the law of the land now that we can't, we can't have effective security. We have to have show security that's just nonsense. So earlier in the day, uh, notorious, <laughs> notoriously eccentric antivirus maker, John McAfee, said uh, that he would be able to unlock the 5C in about three weeks, and he offered to do so, uh, saying that it would allow Apple to not go down the dangerous path of uh, creating precedent for unlocking its own devices or breaking its encryption, but it would also serve the FBI's interest to get into the iPhone. Um, that's just so every it's a win-win for everybody, I guess. So what, what do you what do you think about McAfee's statement? Well, he made some weird comments. He said uh, that they would primarily be able to unlock the iPhone with social engineering. That means they're not attacking the phone; they're they're attacking people's naivety and giving them the password. Or I don't really understand what that means, but it doesn't make sense. It's a seance, maybe. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. What, how are they going to get this information out of a couple of dead people? Are they going to survey their friends and see what kind of phone numbers they or PIN numbers they used? I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Um, and really what he's offering is, you know, give me the phone. We have this, you know, ratty motley crew that smokes weed and has mohawks, and they're going to find it like it's a TV show. And if it doesn't work out, I'm going to eat my show, eat, eat my shoe on a Fox TV show. And it's like, well, that's, that's not really a good deal because it's not a big, you know, it's not a big risk for you to be having to eat your shoe. And this is kind of important data. So uh, it, it doesn't really sound like a very serious um, response. It sounds like somebody who's kind of grandstanding. It sounds kind of on the level of Trump. So this just came out. The Wall Street Journal on Thursday reported that Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr is thinking about a bill that would penalize companies like Apple who refuse to comply with warrants to decipher encrypted communications. If you remember, Burr is the same senator who signed on to the CISA cybersecurity bill, co-sponsored by Dianne Feinstein. They all talk about having this like, oh, we don't want to have a back door, but we just want to have a magic button that you push. And when you push that magic button, it decrypts data from bad people, but only bad people. And they don't really understand what encryption is. They don't understand how it works and you know just writing a law doesn't solve things they can't even write laws you know america doesn't really have functional health care these are the people that are going to solve encryption for us is people that can't pass a health care bill that's kind of a you know pedestrian accounting sort of thing that bureaucrats should be able to do they can do it in other countries our our congress can't pass a bill that creates effective health care in this country either side of the aisle they're both they're all incompetent in the area of health care we know that and in a lot of other areas, they can't fix our roads and bridges. And they're going to like write a law that's going to create a magic button somehow to create encryption that only works for good people. These people are idiots. If Apple takes this all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court says that what the FBI is doing is legal and it compels Apple to 
decrypt the data on this phone. What happens both for Apple and the wider tech industry uh, as a whole? How does this impact that sector? Well, if if this goes to the Supreme Court before it's settled, that means it's going to take some time. And, you know, for the next year, unless Obama appoints somebody, which sounds like it's in fraught with risk already, we have a split court. So if it's if it's really kind of a partisan, like a, a right-left sort of issue that someone's on the middle, it, I don't think that that answers the question. Um, the, by the time that they, by, by the time the Supreme Court could issue something, this phone is obviously going to be irrelevant. It already is irrelevant, really. I mean, the guy's dead. The, the victims are sadly already dead. We can't bring them back anyway. And this phone wasn't found until they were dead. So this, there's really no relevance to this phone, really. It's an issue that's going to keep going. So if it's resolved, and if, if, for example, if it comes to the point where the courts say, no, it's not proper for the federal government to force a company to do what they're trying to do, um, then the issue's kind of over, and it sets a strong message for encryption that encryption actually works, and it also makes Apple look really good because their encryption clearly works well. Um, the flip side is, if the government does succeed in its um, demand to break Apple's encryption, basically, to force the company to come up with this tool that can be used to um, destroy security, not only is it we've already talked about, can it be used by anybody, it means that security in the United States is not going to be very good and that people who are serious about security, where the money in, in, um, in the enterprise and you know, in, in financial industry, they're not going to be able to use iPhones, perhaps. Or um, you know, if, if they're going outside the country, that's bad for us. Terrorists aren't going to be affected because you know, if, if, if the United States breaks Apple's encryption, they can go and use software from any number of sources, as they already do. Um, but I think long-term for Apple is that even if Apple is forced to deliver something that can unlock this phone, what they're going to have to do after that is develop increasingly good uh, products going forward where, they, where the tool that they create doesn't work anymore. They have to, because otherwise, how can they continue to sell this in other countries? And so I, that just strikes me as why it's so short-sighted for the FBI to say, hey, you know, we want the ability to demand this. Apple's just going to be able to create something that can't be demanded anymore. That's the only option they have. They can either create a product or they can go out of business. Or they can create a, like an insecure product that other companies can outsell because theirs are secure and you know, stuff in the United States can't be secure because we have politicians that are thinking that they're standing up for the police when really they're not standing up for the people the police are serving you know so it it comes down to a thing is is the government going to um come to a senses or is it going to destroy things to the point where um the united states is no longer a country where companies can do business in i mean that's that's kind of a dystopian view of of what, what they're accomplishing, but that's really the, the outcome. If, if they continue to make encryption not work in the United States, then encryption is gonna come from other countries. It's gonna come from Europe, it's gonna come from Japan, it's gonna come from China, it's gonna come from somewhere else. So, I mean, it, it, is, it is a really big issue at stake, and some people have mentioned this is like the, the, you know, the tech issue of the decade. 
I don't think that's much of an exaggeration. It's a huge issue because encryption is such a big deal. It's not just for sending secret notes back and forth or you know calling somebody without being able to be intercepted. It has a lot to do with everything that we do on computers and all the information that we store. So it's very broad reaching. Yeah, it's a incredibly complex, multifaceted issue that uh, probably won't be solved anytime soon and with no clean solution. In any case, we will continue covering this story and anything and everything related to Apple on AppleInsider.com. Dan, where can people find you outside of Apple Insider? Uh, besides Apple Insider, I'm on Twitter at Daniel Aaron, E-R-A-N. Got it. And I am Mikey Campbell. I'm on Twitter at MikeyCampbell81, also, of course, on Apple Insider. And this has been the somewhat special episode 56 of the Apple Insider Podcast. Have a good one.